For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're sailing in with brand new episodes. So do yourself a favor. Be sure to download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto download button on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns and have those brand new episodes just waiting for you when you are ready to listen and get updates on your favorite football team. And you can also catch Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. That's right, Apple, Spotify, or anything else. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by not only my lovely co-host, but the birthday girl. By the time you guys hear this, it'll it'll be a slightly belated, but the birthday girl herself. Kaylee Mizell sailing into a brand new episode. Midweek episodes are fun. We just get to hang out and chit chat and talk football. Yeah, it's it's all the Tuesday episodes are always a little bit more low key. We've had a few days to sort through our emotions. It's not yeah. everything is as tense or heightened as it is on a Sunday night. Um, but Casey, it still is fun to talk about, fun to get go there and, and kind of get into the mix of things and what's going on with this Bucks team. And I think it's still a pretty positive week. And I'm not just saying that because it's my birthday week. I think it still feels like a pretty positive week coming off the Bucks when uh, we all know that there are things that they can continue to do better, Absolutely. but they still got the W and are sitting atop the NFC South, which puts them in a really great place, even though their record is not the most amazing <laughs> record. I expected better not at this point in the season. Um, but I, but I think, yeah, I think that, that, that they're on a, I'm not going to say a roll, but they're at a threshold where they can move forward. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that this is, going to be some sort of a spark and everybody knows after so much time and disappointment and frustration, you just, you need a bit of a spark. You need a little bit of hope. We talked a lot about hope in uh, Sunday's post game podcast. And I think that's probably the best way to still describe all of this. So with that being said on a hopeful note, on a, on a sparking note, if you will, guys, some of the best news Kaylee and I have for team updates to start this Jolly Rogers and touchdowns podcast off is we don't have this lengthy injury report to discuss with you all. That's, we don't have to give any yeah. updates about anybody that got hurt on Sunday. We don't have, we don't have to have any of that conversation right now. Things are looking up for this team in that aspect, which is huge. Almost most important one would say Kaylee. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, especially with this team, because they've dealt with so many injuries so far this season. Mm -hmm. It's really good to know that, hey, everything's fine going into this, going into this road trip, going into Germany. Everything is fine. Everyone mm -hmm. feels a little bit, you know, okay. Uh, nothing crazy has happened. Um, no news is good news in this situation <laughs> for real. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's some of the best, the best news that you can have on a Wednesday morning at, when you guys will be hearing this, um, is that the bucks are feeling good and healthy and, um, that should make hopefully bucks fans feel pretty good, uh, as well. Absolutely. And to add to the fact that this team should be feeling good and they're feeling healthy, um, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, Kaylee and I have talked so much about the importance of accountability and when that accountability kicks in and when that leadership kicks in and who's really going to step up and take those leadership role or roles, if you will. And um, the craziest part about all of it is that now that they finally got a win under their belt, um, you've got your captain, your head guy, the face of this team, Tom Brady having a more accountable statement as to what this team has done performance wise and where they actually need to go rather than just saying that's football, we've got to do better. Um, he gave a little bit more of a lengthy, lengthier statement to that. And then mm -hmm. to add to it, I don't know if you guys are sick of talking about Devin white yet, um, but he continues to stay in the headlines. So we're going to chat about him a little bit. We've heard the actual most accountable statement out of Devin white so far this season. And I think it's because 
this team gets to that. I know. Give it up for Devin White. <laughs> Winning really does just change people. It changes your your scope of mind. It changes your perspective. It changes your outlook. And maybe this is what this team needed. Just a fresh perspective, a fresh outlook. So what am I possibly talking about? Well, we know that Tom Brady will reserve certain things for the local media and post-game pressers and throughout the week. Cool, cool. Uh, but then you have Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast, who's just a completely different human, a little bit more transparency, a little bit more accountability, a little bit more vulnerability. Uh, he'll talk about some of the tougher things in his life, limitedly, of course, but um, he'll speak about it on Let's Go podcast. So chit-chatting about getting back in the win column, what this meant to the team, and so on and so forth. Brady goes as far on the Let's Go podcast to say the Bucks' effort is embarrassing. If you want to be a great team, you've got to be way better than average. So correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which is probably the most embarrassing part of our team, is our effort level on game day, and that's something we better fix. I don't know Ooh. about anyone else, but this it kind of threw me a little bit. The most embarrassing part of your team is your effort on game day, the day where it counts the most. The day where it's most important, the day where it's most needed is where you guys have lacked. And now we're talking about it. And now we're taking ownership of this. Kaylee, yeah. what do you think when you read that? <laughs> I, uh, it doesn't surprise me. And I think we've seen it. I think it's something that you, uh, we've made them walk the plank for this exact thing. Yep. So many times, Casey, because they are talented. This is a talented roster and they're, going out on Sundays and putting forth a minimal effort. And that's just not okay. You can't get by with that. That's never going to be okay. You're a professional athlete. This is your literal job to take this seriously mm -hmm. and go out and do everything you can to get your team a win. And that means putting your body in the right position, fueling your body the way that it needs to be fueled, resting, before the games, mm -hmm. um, that means going out, knowing the playbook, knowing what needs to happen. Yes. It means communicating well, and it means putting forth an effort on Sunday. That's what that means. And I think that we've seen it, and Tom Brady has seen it, that there have been times where there's certain players on this team that have not put out that effort, that have mm -hmm. not come up and acted like this is their job or acted like they care about it or acted like they're having fun um, playing this beautiful game of football that we all love to watch and that we like pay a lot of money <laughs> to see them play and give them a lot of money. Fans make a lot of effort to be there to watch so to they play. can do that. Yeah. yeah. You have to go through parking. I mean, it's oh. not easy to get there on game day, <laughs> but they do it to watch their favorite team, to watch them go out, to put up an effort. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't always been that effort. So I was actually really happy that Tom Brady said that. And I agree with him. It is the most embarrassing part of this team. Yeah. Similar to what Tom Brady said, I can deal with a guy dropping a pass. Like, I don't love it, but I know that when Mike Evans bobbled and dropped that pass out there, that he's going to go back to the drawing board yes. and he's going to work. He, he's going to like make Tom Brady stay for an extra hour and throw him passes in the end zone, you know, for literally an hour until he catches every single one of them because he never wants that to happen again. Mm -hmm. That's effort. That's putting in the effort that you need to put in. That's acknowledging a mistake and saying, I never want this to happen again. So I'm going to put in the effort to move forward. And that's not the same type of effort that we see from all of these players. Um, but Casey, more than just calling out his own team and effort, I thought that it was really interesting in the Let's Go podcast that I, I feel like maybe he subtly called out the coaching staff. And the play Ooh. calling. <laughs> so also on the Let's Go podcast, uh, Tom Brady was talking about, um, you know, players dropping passes and how he feels about that. Mm -hmm. um, and he says that uh, – <sighs> He says, you know, if you hit a bad shot, you hit a bad shot. Talking about he's kind of comparing it to golf. I think the problem comes down to when you make the wrong decision 
before the club is in your hands. If you make the wrong decision before you even step up to the play, you don't give yourself a chance. That's when I have a problem. If we don't know what to do or we don't know how to do it, both of those are problems. We can make a physical mistake. I can live with a physical mistake. I can live with a drop. I can live with a missed block. You know, if I throw bad passes and I miss my mark, I know the receivers can live with that. The problem is when we're doing the wrong thing from a communication standpoint, whether that's on me communicating poorly on the backs, on the line, or you have unblocked people, or you just have things that don't go right, you don't even give yourself a chance. Really an unforced error. That's what we need to eliminate. But Casey, there are some subtle things within that that make me think that he's not just talking about communication amongst the players. I think that there's a little bit of subtlety where he's saying, you know, if he says explicitly, if you have a bad plan, if you make the wrong decision when you go in there, he's calling out the play calling. Is he That not? is play calling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because your plan is the structure that you go into a game with. Your plan is that decision that you make when you decide to go out there on third and seven and completely crap the place down, if you will. Yeah, that's planning. So, look, I also do think that Tom Brady is maybe – I don't, maybe it's too much credit to call him the king of subtlety, but he, he, he loves to dance on those subliminal lines and subliminal messages. If mm-hmm. you will, if you want to see Tom Brady dance, just that's where it's at. It's in the subliminal messaging of things because you said it perfectly, Kaylee plan and decide two huge things, something else that stood out to me there. And we've kind of seen it in a lot of press conferences. When a guy wants to specifically speak to what another player did, but puts themselves in that situation. So for instance, Mike Evans on, you know, maybe I could have just turned my shoulder out differently and made this subtle effort to make it easier for that pass to happen. No, dude, you're fine. You did the right thing. Tom Brady overthrew you because Tom Brady is, has been doing that as of lately. So when Brady said the communicate thing and then said, I could communicate to the backs and I could communicate about the blocking you've, got the longest tenured in this league and you still don't know how to communicate to your team who has what 70% of the roster that you've played with for the past two years. And you're making those kind of communication mistakes. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think that he's calling out the coaching staff. I think that he's saying that if they go into a game plan, if they go in and their play is a bad play call, I think that's what he's calling out. And I think that it's I think it's okay for him to call it out because Casey, there have been bad play calls. There have been bad there were still play tremendously calls. bad play calls Sunday. Yes. There were still bad play calls. They just Despite happened to win. Pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yes. hundred yep. percent. Yeah. And I think it's okay. And honestly, Tom Brady is probably he doesn't like to burn bridges, so I don't think that he would ever be as brash yeah. about this. Like, I think he would always take a more subtle approach. But I wouldn't blame him if he took a more intense approach and specifically called out the play calling. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe he should. I mean, if he's calling out the effort of his teammates, I kind of want to call out the effort of the coaching staff. Yeah. I don't know if he's doing it to save jobs because if they would have lost Sunday at that point, there would have had to be a job or two on the line, Um, especially when you're seeing other coaches lose their job around the league. You just can't sit here and continue to pretend like you're not seeing what you're seeing game by game. And the results speak so much for themselves. But the other thing that kind of was a, a, a now that I'm thinking on it and listening to the let's go podcast and then thinking back to the post game press conference, when somebody asked, you know, about the last play call, when he decided to go back to Kada and obviously it cashed in for the everybody. Right. But he also, he also went as far to respond to the question to say, you know, Byron and I talk about everything. And when I went to Byron and asked to run that play or said to run that play, he said, yeah. And we were on the same page and da, da, da. But it, it more so feels like, oh, Byron finally said yes. Not Byron always says yes. Mm, interesting. That is an interesting, oh. subtle thing there as well. Yep. Yeah. Good pick up, Casey. Because that wasn't the question. And yeah. I feel like he was protecting 
fire and he was protecting the situation. And if we know anything else that, that Brady can do is that he does actually try to protect coaches and relationship with coaches. He never tries to play into any kind of, you know, there might be some tension. There might be disagreement. Think about when everybody tried to stir the pot between him and coach Arians. It was, you know, we agree on everything. Everything is great. Everything is well. Look, you can love people and that and and communication is not always great and well, <laughs> but Brady yeah. will always put it off that way. So that was something else that I thought of after listening to the podcast. I was like, hmm, I wonder if this just means that Byron's finally listening. Yeah. And Casey, you mentioned a really good word within that and it's tension. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not tension between maybe players and coaching staff is not the only tension oh, no. that this Bucks team is feeling getting into some of our treasured takeaways as we talk about the game that was the win that was Casey Leonard Fournette has made some comments oh. about how he feels about the running back room and the running back situation. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the running back situation? Do you agree with Mr. Fournette on where he thinks things are going awry? I think, I think Lenny is just one of those hard nosed guys that feels like he's not earning his money or creating an opportunity to earn more money. If he's not the main guy on the field and he got spoiled a little bit, something to keep in mind, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. He got spoiled when he was, you know, Jacksonville's not only main running back lead running back, um, but he was their lead guy that paved the way for them to win the games that they won and finally make it to playoffs after years of, you know, not finding success and making it out of the regular season into the postseason. So I think between the spoiling of the early parts of his career where he was so heavily relied on, and that was his role. That was his team. It was it was Leonard's way or the highway with Jacksonville. Then he comes to Tampa Bay, and they Bruce Arians didn't throw him in and turn him into the workhorse that he was in Jacksonville. No, he just came in every once in a while. Mind you, he didn't become playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, any of these things until the end of the first season that he was with the Bucks. Then last year, he starts getting a few extra nicknames midway through the season towards the end there. And then heading into training camp was, you know, even more fun with the nicknames because now it, there was an expectation. I think he's struggling with some humility here. And mm -hmm. I've heard it since training camp. I thought it was a joke at first, but now it's really resonating with me that it, the tension's kind of always been there. Yeah. Rashad White comes in and says he's coming for that, cube, that, that RB1 position. And that's cute. That's that's cool to hear a rookie say. We all thought it was a very mature, you know, hungry, determined statement. Leonard didn't find it so funny. Leonard wanted to humble him in other ways um, that has been cryptically spoken of. So I think Lenny's being challenged with the fact that he thought that this was just solely going to be his role. Coming off of weeks one, two, and three, where, you know, he had important performances for this team, helped them cross that finish line into the W column, to now where I think the highest performance he's had in weeks has been like 46, 49 yards. And then this week alone was 19 yards. But he's frustrated because Rashad White got to go in on a play that he wanted to go in on. And I don't, and if you're going to be that player that insists that you go in on a certain down on a certain play, knowing that your team is having the struggles that it's having, then you're not grasping the big picture. And no, that's tough for me to say about Lenny. Well, this is also tough to say, but I, but I think at the end of the day, it's kind of a selfish decision. It is absolutely um, selfish. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's putting yourself over the team and elevating what you want to do. But we mm -hmm. have, and like, frankly, and <laughs> like, we haven't seen the output as the same. And I'm not yeah. saying that's all on Leonard Fournette, but mm -hmm. it has not been the same output. And so to elevate yourself and think of yourself as being in this position where you're the only guy that can get things done when really historically this season, you haven't gotten things done yep. for the team, not in, not rushing at least, you know, mm -hmm. he's, he's shown up in the receiving column from time to time and has done yeah. a good job. And again, I'm not saying this is all on him, but to, to call yourself the guy, I don't know if you can say that. I don't know if no. you can say that right now because you're not like, look at the stats. You're not the guy right now. And I think you said something very important with the, the selfishness of it, because 
you and I have talked about this at least the past two weeks for sure, is that it's one thing if you're competing with a running back that's identical to you, same style, same pace, same strength, same, the column goes on and on. You're talking about a running back that's a completely different style and structured running back than you are. So the competition, there should be no competition there where you feel like it's your down or it's no one's down. No, Bobby Wagner had your number the entire game, which means you can't make progress for this team, whether you like it or not. Did he have some shining moments? Yes, he had a great reception, but like you mentioned, Kaylee, some of those receiving yards have been more beneficial than the rushing yards. On top of that, not every play needs lower shoulder Lenny or Mack truck Lenny. They're also trying to preserve your body because we still have a half of a chunk of a season to go and by a miracle if this team makes it into playoffs and then some. So it's really selfish to not realize that not only does Rashad White need the repetition, um, he needs the NFL time on the field during the game, but he's also a different style of running back that can get certain things done that you cannot. And you have to swallow that pill and you have to accept that for the, not only for you and your mental health, but for the better of the team. So Rashad White being able to punch certain gaps better than you or he has quicker feet than you do. I mean, there was two plays on Sunday where I really was looking at Leonard and I was like, oh, my gosh, it feels like he's running in slow motion. And it's not his fault. It was just it was the play that was being called. It was the defense he was going against. It was the players that had his number and it wasn't all on him. Yet there was a better option in that moment. And that option is Rashad White. And they would have never dressed out Keyshawn Vaughn if a different style running back wasn't an important thing to evaluate in order to move forward. So I think Lenny has got to get over himself. I'm I'm disappointed because you finally get a contract. You know you're going to be here for three years. I was hoping to see not only a different level of confidence, but a different level of security mm-hmm. versus selfishness. And we're just seeing selfishness over security. Yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> then you're not going to be the guy. I mean, if you're not going to – if if you can't – put the team holistically in the best place to win and mm-hmm. you're fighting for for yards over fighting for you know like you're fighting for playing time versus fighting for the team to win like that's just uh that's just not gonna it's not gonna look good um and it but- looks worse too because the team hasn't been winning either i think this yeah. would also be slightly a different conversation conversation if the team's been yeah. winning but for them to be losing the way that they have yeah. it's got to be like all cards on the table whoever can get the job done let's just get it done yeah it's it's an it's an entirely different conversation if the team has had a more successful season that's why it is selfish is because the team hasn't had a successful season mm-hmm. and part of the problem is the run game and I'm not saying that part of the problem is specifically Leonard Fournette, but it is the run game and he's yeah. a big part of that. And so they have to figure out and adjust. And Todd Bowles said, Hey, we're not going to, we're going to reevaluate everything. We're going to look at everything. And you know that that has to be okay because if you yeah. really want this team to win, then you do have to just swallow your pride and move forward. Um, but along those lines, Casey, we have seen, some young guys do that, do just that, move forward, take steps forward, and we have seen them being utilized in ways that you and I have been calling for since, I don't know, training camp. Yep. Um, Kate Otten and Co. Keeft, I think that maybe they finally have earned some trust, not just from the players around them and the coaching mm-hmm. staff, the fan base. I think people are finally believing in what you and I have been saying since day one, All which is time. trust the tight end. <laughs> Get it up in there. And give it up for Coquefe mm-hmm. and utilize them more. They finally are being utilized. Do you think that this is going to continue or do you think that it was just desperate moment, desperate situation and they went to Kada and and Coquifed a little bit more, or do you think that they're they're recognizing that this is something that needs to continue moving forward? I think, and I'm I, I'm I, there's so much hope behind this statement, but I do actually finally think that they're realizing. All right, we've got to get these guys more involved um, in a couple ways because Coquif did have a drop in the game. Both of these guys did, but Coquif did have a drop in the game, but they still went back to him and the 
receptions that he's had, he's had an average of like 13 yards for his receptions. So it's not these, you know, one, five, 10 yard plays are typically like, I think one of them was like 16, 18. So he's showing that he can do it. And I think he does it better when the offense is in some sort of rhythm rather than like that panicked all or nothing moment. He probably still hasn't gotten there yet. Again, this is a rookie in the league, but that's for Keith. For Kate Otten, getting in the end zone says everything this team needed to know. And it was that back to, you know, it was passing to him after the drop. It was establishing that trust. And that trust meant more than anything because that trust was not only the game running trust, but that trust finally got this team into the end zone, something that they've been struggling to do all season long, which is insane. So I think that they finally made their case. I think that that case is going to withhold, stand a little stronger it because the win. They finally got a win. I think that when, for some reason, I I find a lot of their their processing so far this season very strange. But for some reason, when they lose and there's things that are very obvious on the field, I feel like they can create excuses and crutches as to why they're not going to completely just pivot or try something different or stick with something different. Whereas now they did a few different things. They still had a bit of a messy game. Well, not a bit. They had a you know, such an emotional roller coaster of a game pulled off a W. And I think that they can more confidently lean into the fact that, okay, we do need to get Coquif more involved because it was on this down that he made that catch for more than 10 yards and it helped. Oh yeah. Uh, Kate Otten is your tight end one for sure, because he helps give us some plays over the middle of the field. Like we've been saying for weeks now. Oh, mm -hmm. he also knows how to find the end zone kind of like that tight end that used to find the end zone or help us have any sort of movement in the red zone, Rob Gronkowski and look at the kid doing it. So now they don't have any crutches or excuses to lean on. And they definitely can't blame any losses on, on these younger guys. So it's time it's they've time. done enough and at this point it's not even about proving themselves with the two receptions that they get you know every game um co keeps been targeted 13 times over the season that needs to ramp up he's had two receptions in almost each game uh, that needs to go up so i think now at this point it's going to be those game reps that are more important than continuing to play this whole trust ball game they've showed you enough now they need more to show you more. And I believe, I feel strongly that going up against the team that they're going to face in Germany, the Seahawks is another great opportunity to get young guys involved, get them those reps and allow them to grow and figure out their identity at this level. Seahawks have a garbage ish defense. Their strongest, their strongest point is, is their offense. Um, and their defense almost lets up equal amount of points as their formidable offense. So, with with that in mind, a huge, huge stage to give Kokeev more than two or three targets, to give Kate Alton more than two or three targets, to use Rashad White on the right downs. Rashad White on the right downs. What a fun little sentence to say. Uh, to use him on the right downs and get these younger guys more involved and stick to it. You said this two weeks ago. You kind of flopped on it. Now it's time to really just hold in tight, hold in there, especially if your quarterback's going to say he doesn't mind drop passes and bad blocks. Well, yeah, especially, especially if they're saying that and that's true. And on top of that, these guys are going out and making an effort. They are going out and they're practicing and they're doing the right things and they're studying yep. and they're, they're making efforts to move forward and to, and to be a part of this team. Um, but Casey, it, it's something along those lines. I think that they do need to get the tight ends more involved in multiple ways and agree with everything you said. Something that we're missing from the offense this season um, are some bigger plays, some explosive mm -hmm. plays. Uh, we're not seeing you know, we've barely seen Julio Jones all season. And I talked preseason about how he, I was so excited for him mm -hmm. because he's the guy that can go out there and make those explosive plays. He's so fast. You expect him to get down the field. You expect him to do these things. And it's not just one thing. It's not just, Oh, well, Julio Jones isn't here. And so they can't go down the field. Mm -hmm. It's 
Brady doesn't have the same amount of pass protection. He doesn't have the time to let the guys get downfield. That's a miss. Some of the guys, you know, in coverage, you know, like Mike Evans, some of the times, like the plays that they're calling, like he's just in too much coverage. Like it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Again, like Julio Jones is like, there's not these explosive plays and it's multiple reasons why it's the O-line, it's the play calling, it's the, it's the personnel. All of these things are amounting to the lack of explosive plays that we're seeing from this team. The Bucks no. have had more third down plays than any other team in the NFL this season. Why? They're not moving the ball. They're not moving the ball on first and second down. They're not doing what they used to do. They're not scoring the same amount of points. The last three or four seasons, they've had record high. They've put up record high points per season. Mm -hmm. They were scoring like 30 points a game last season. This season, they're averaging like 18. That's so gross. Significant drop off. (laughs) And why is it such a significant drop off is because – there's no, there's no explosive plays. There's mm-hmm. no one in there who are making these big, crazy runs or these big down the field plays. That is not happening. Mm-hmm. And I think as we look to the Bucks season, one of my treasure takeaways is you have to, I'm not at, you don't have to have 10 a game, but you need to have two or three. Yeah. You need to be able to make explosive plays when it matters, when the the going gets tough, you need to be able to move the ball down the field. And we have not seen consistency in that this season. And that is something that has to change, whether it's the O-line getting a little bit more pass protection and, and, and having another guy, you know, step in and, and defend and block, put KDOT in there and, and have him help block for Tom Brady, give him a little bit more time. It's also about the route running and what you're doing and who's in there, the personnel who are lined up on the outside and what they're doing, mm-hmm. the personnel that you're facing in the secondary, what they're doing. You have to consider all of those things whenever you're thinking about some of these explosive plays. And again, I'm not asking for 10 a game, but you need to have more than what you've had so far this season to really really be successful and make a deep run into the playoffs. You have to be able to have consistency and moving the ball Mm -hmm. down the field. And you can't always rely on third downs because you're putting yourselves in such a bad position. Third down, third down management has not been great so far this season. And you just don't want to continue to put yourself in that position, having to, to make a dramatic play on third down. Do something bigger in the first or second down. Try out some new plays. Experiment. Try something new. Mm -hmm. Um, Give Brady some time. Get him some better pass protection. And then throw in a a, a Scotty Miller. He looked good last week. Throw in a Julio Jones. Throw in Mike Abbott. Like, let's see something happen Mm -hmm. in some of these wideouts and and a little bit more pass protection from Tom Brady. Let's get – an explosive play or two or three each game. I really think that is something that is going to be able to propel this team forward uh, along with the win. Um, and, and Casey, that leads me to my final point, which is I think this win is confidence boosting for this team mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I think that there were a lot of mental barriers that this team was experiencing not physical barriers. They were all mental. I mean, look at what Tom Brady said about the effort. It's all mental. 100%. There were so many mental barriers for this team and this season. I think that hopefully getting this win has broken some of those barriers and they're able to move forward with hunger and confidence. Casey, do you agree? A hundred percent because It was almost, I mean, of course, it's very obvious that that's the reaction that should happen, a sigh of relief, but you've just almost seen 
every player come back to life because they were able to pull off that win. We talked about the fact that Brady not only needed that, but I think it was a reminder of what he's capable of because he's been mentally bogged down by so much off the field. And while we can all sit here and talk about separating and carbomentalizing our professional lives and uh, our personal lives, it's not an easy task by no means. Um, And the bigger of a figure that you are in the public eye, it's almost impossible. I would assume I, I would, I would safely assume that, um, there are a few people that my mom and I, that I had the pleasure to grow up around and they would talk to us and teach us about the fact that when you get a personal moment, but you're constantly being reminded of professional failures and vice versa, you can't separate the two. There's no division there. There's no distinct line. Um, and you have to go to such lengths to tune out the noise so to be in the middle of a season, to have the off the off field things that are going on in the prime of, you know, getting a team together, leading a team, being so heavily relied on by young guys and vets and coaches and this and that, there's no distinct separation there. So all that to say that I think, you know, not that Tom Brady lacks confidence by any means, but I think that there was just a lot of question marks and was it worth coming back? Should I have come back? Can I still do this? Then he has the shoulder, you know, thing that's a little irritating. Then you have the finger that's a little irritating. Then you've got these, you know, number of overthrows that aren't exactly characteristic for you. So I think that there was a level of self-doubt that was building up in Brady that he'll never speak on, or maybe when he's 50, um, that he got past by having that two minute drill. This guy's been known to make such comebacks. You never count Tom Brady out. This is what he does in his sleep. He makes it look easy. Um, And so to have that opportunity in a game that was quite frankly, terrible still, I think he was able to be like, okay, yeah, I belong here. I can still do this. I am still going to do this. And I think that as we've talked about, it always starts from the head. If Tom Brady can take a sigh of relief and walk with a chip on his shoulder, then, you know, the receivers can walk away with a sigh of relief and a chip on their shoulder and the offensive line. And it's just a ripple effect throughout this entire team. And then of course, defense coming up so big and redeeming themselves and showing, Hey, this isn't just a talented roster on paper, but we can actually translate that to the field. I think that the hunger is back because that win happened in the fashion of that win. I think that there was a lot of humility to the fashion of that win, pulling off a a game winning touchdown. And, you know, a lot of people thought it was done after they didn't get it done on their second to last offensive uh, possession there. Most people thought it was done. Fans were leaving. Rams get the ball back. Defense shuts it down. These guys have under two minutes to make magic happen. I think it was one minute and 37 seconds is where the clock started. Actually, no, it was 57 seconds because the clock kept going and I'm panicking about to pass out in the press box. I'm like, wait, doesn't the clock have to stop yet? Um, 57 seconds once they got possession again and you bring it home. That adrenaline rush, that this is only what champions can kind of do mentality Mm-hmm. I think it skyrocketed every player's confidence on that team and reminded them, yeah, we are capable of this. There's been plenty of games in the past three years that we've been counted out of and we've showed up and we've made the right call or we never, you know, counted ourselves out. We came together as a team. I just love the fact that Kate and could not stop referring to the team and the post-game press conference. Like, you're the star right now, kid. You made it happen, but it was team. It was team. It was team. We came together. We didn't give up. We kept striving. We kept fighting. And I think that 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 brought them back together. And then you see Tom Brady defending Devin White on social media, which I don't care who's right or wrong. You want to see camaraderie out of these guys. You Mm want to see that that brotherhood that they talk about. It doesn't you don't want talk to be cheap in those categories. So when Tom posts those things about his team, you want it to feel real and authentic. It felt a little forced at first. Now it feels like, okay, they're getting back on track. They're getting back on the same page here. They're falling back into we are one versus all individuals that are doing whatever. And I think that this is not only the confidence booster that they needed, but I think the form and the fashion in which they want it is how it had to happen. It just feels right. Um, and it, they have a huge opportunity here with the next team that they're gonna that they're gonna face off with. So my biggest takeaway is Kate Otten earned his spot. 
guys showed up when they needed to. It was different names on the top of those statistical tallies at the end of the game. So you have a loaded roster of talent. And as long as people are, you know, 70% healthy because it's football, then you got to roll with it. Stop retracting on creativity and things that are different and feel uncomfortable. If there's time on the clock, there's time to be patient and let certain things play out properly. So that's my biggest takeaway. Be patient and be united. And whoever is properly calling the plays, Tom Brady, stick with it. And I'll yes. that. <laughs> whoever called the last drive, just whoever called the last drive. Keep, keep going. Go with keep that. going with it. I liked that drive. Okay, Casey. We ran through our treasure takeaways. There was a lot to go through and sort through as the team gets ready to head out to Germany and fans. Casey will also be in Germany. So be sure to follow at Jolly Rogers TDS for all the coverage from Germany as Casey travels with the team over there as they take on the Seahawks, which we will get into a little bit more of that matchup later this week. The podcast will come out on Friday, so be sure to download and subscribe to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns as we get that podcast going. But, Casey, we have a few more things left to do. we got to talk about power rankings. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll go through this pretty fast. Yeah. The Bucks have now come up in the NFL.com power rankings to number 16. They were previously at number 20. The Bucks really needed that win. They got up to number 16 at four and five just after the Chargers. And they're going to be taking on this week the number 10 team in the Seattle Seahawks. They were previously ranked number nine. They moved down to number 10. Um, but wanted to know your initial thoughts Bucks at 16. I think it's fair. I think moving them up to 16 yep. is fair for what we've seen this season from the Bucks. Uh, and I hope that number keeps rising. Keep oh. it going. Keep it going. Uh, and they'll take on, like I said, the number 10 team in the Seahawks who moved down just one this week from nine to 10. Mm -hmm. I think it's very appropriate for them. Maybe some people might think that it's a large jump, but there was a lot of interesting games this weekend. So yeah, it feels appropriate. And also to see how they fare versus the Seahawks to know the Seahawks statistics, um, getting them that much closer in, in the margin there, 10 to 16, 16 to 10 is way more appropriate. The Seahawks, if you guys haven't heard me mention a few times throughout the Jolly Rogers and touchdowns podcast, um, they're a high scoring team. They know how to put points on the board. They do not how to defend their leads. And they were in a tight contention with the Arizona Cardinals this past week. Uh, Cardinals were actually favored by plus two heading into that game. So a lot of it was the fact that Geno Smith and that offense knows how to score. If you look at that matchup wise and you've got the Bucks, whose defense is starting to come back to life, I'm terrified to say that sentence because I feel like every time I say it, then they come out and do something Please. wacky. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we're going based on hope and faith and all the things that we talk about here, then, yeah, we're going to say that them coming off of a strong performance, uh, them kind of re-identifying their capability and going to Germany with that then yeah, if they can manage this high scoring team, if they can contain them a little bit, then it's going to come down to this Bucks offense building off of the things that they did well and finding the end zone. The only thing that's going to cause the Bucks not to win this game is if they can't find the end zone. So I like those power rankings. I like that they're starting to get some confident feedback you know, when you see your team jump from 20 to 16, that's got to add to the confidence that we've yeah. talked about here. So, and if there's, and if that doesn't do it, Kaylee, if that doesn't do it for them, then I'm sure their rankings in the NFC South has to, has to, they are sitting atop the NFC South again, tied with the Falcons at four and five, the Bucks coming off a win, the Falcons coming off a loss. So both teams in contention for first place and the bucks could solidify their spot this week with a win over the Seahawks. But Casey, where there is good news, there has to be the opposite. There has to be some, some, just a little bit, some contention, some calling <laughs> out, walk the plank. And Casey, I, I, we let everybody off easy. We said, Hey, you got the win. Mm -hmm. We're not going to press. We're going to relax. Is, we're going to, we're going to just enjoy the beautiful moment 
and <laughs> not make anybody walk the plank, but you don't get off that easy today. No. My walk the plank is Leonard Fournette. Um, I one. said it earlier. It's selfish. Yeah. Uh, I think the fact that you're throwing uh, an adult pity party on the sidelines loud enough for the sideline reporter to hear it. Yes. That has to be pretty loud if you're throwing it loud enough for the sideline reporter to hear it. That That's not a good look. That's not a no. good look. You want to be happy for your teammates. This is a guy that you have come out and said that you have respect for. It's a guy that you have said that you want to help. Mm -hmm. And none of those things are coming across. If you truly want to help him, then you're going to be happy for his success. You're going to be happy when yep. he goes out there and makes a play that helps your team win. But if you're pouting over the fact that you're not getting those runs or that you're not in the game right now, mm -hmm. that's not what a team player looks like. And it makes me nervous that Leonard Fournette could revert to his old ways, yeah. uh, which I don't want to see, frankly. So. No. Walk the plank, take a cold splash, <laughs> get it out of your system, and like, don't Relax. like, don't, yeah, like, there's no need to be a crybaby. There's no need to like throw a pity party. We all think that you're a valuable player. But right now, the way that things are going, your role on this team might be transitioning a little bit. You mm -hmm. might get more receiving yards than rushing yards. But guess what? That's okay if it helps the team win. And yeah. you need to suck it up and do what it takes to help the team win. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I will second you with that walk the plank, Leonard. You know, I have so much admiration for, for this yeah. guy, what he's done for the team when he, you know, the maturity and growth that he has spoken of in press conferences. But yeah, there's moments where, Veterans have a tough job. Vets have to have that agility, that flexibility to be like, okay, I might not be the star player, but now I have to step into a leadership or a mentorship role. And I have to do so humbly. And I have to do so without thinking less of myself. And that's a, that's a big task for any human being. You know, when roles change in life, when, when you only have certain experiences to play off of. So mind you, we know that Leonard Fournette has had some some really tough experiences that he's had to deal with, but it takes a big person. It takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of security to say, I'm not going to let those bad circumstances mold me into, or mold my character or mold my decision-making, my, my mentorship ability, the conversations that I have differently outside of the person that I'm trying to be. So yeah, you can't sit there when you're in any kind of competitive industry, especially as an athlete, when you know that somebody's going to come in for your spot, there has to be a point where, you know, you don't move insecurely. And I'm pretty surprised because I've never really seen such an insecure side to Leonard Fournette. And when he spoke highly in certain moments of Rashad White, and when he spoke about being a mentor to him, and when he, when he spoke about telling him the tough truth of, you know, earning a role and how to learn and when to learn, you can't have that approach and then be rolling your eyes at, on the other side of it. It's contradictory and it's a terrible look. You're completely different running backs. You have two different things to offer this team. And while as a whole, stepping back um, in a big picture, it might feel like somebody taking your reps. It's somebody getting a job done in a different form and fashion than you're capable of. And trust me, you are just as much of a contributor if you're really guiding him through how to best do that, how to best execute at that role with the skill set that he has versus, oh, I could have done it better. You got to trust the system. You've got to trust this team that now showed you that they have love and confidence and security in you with that three-year contract. You know, mm -hmm. Rashad White still has to work through a rookie contract, the potential of being traded, depending on what happens with Capitals. He still has a lot more insecurity on his plate than Leonard Fournette does. Well, Leonard is acting like the super insecure one. So I need Leonard to, to tap back into that growth and those conversations that he was having with himself when he joined this team and Bruce Arians wasn't giving him the reps that he wanted, but he got over the mumble. He realized that it was team first. He did what he needed to do. He ended up earning that contract. He stuck around, even though he vetted multiple teams for more money. Don't let all of that go to waste because 
of Rashad White. And he seems like a good kid. So if he's not being a pain in the butt or, you know, being well, the fact that he it. came over afterwards and like reassured Lenny, like we need hey, you. We, we need you. Like, this isn't me taking your job. We need you. You're a part mm -hmm. of this. Rashad, I don't think Rashad White is trying to or has rubbed it in Lenny's face at all. I think he's no. encouraged Lenny. And I think in a lot of ways looks up to Lenny. So Lenny needs yeah. to act like the leader that he is. Yeah, he needs to have a breathing moment and realize the big picture here. And the big picture is team first. And a struggling team really needs to be put first. So Leonard, with love, off the plank. And um, hopefully next week we won't be sending you off again. And that, you know, this is a great opportunity. So breathe, take this flight. Maybe they should sit next to each other on the plane over to Germany. That's always a good bonding moment. <laughs> Being stuck next to somebody for hours. It'll either turn out really good or, or really, really bad. bad. <laughs> either way, uh, it's going to be fun. And again, Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans, Casey is going to be our eyes and ears in Germany this week. So be sure to follow along at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, you guys can catch new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All you have to do is subscribe to the Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns podcast wherever you find your podcast. The best place to go, though, the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app. Turn on auto download for Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. And then anytime a new episode comes out, it will go straight into your phone, straight into your earbuds. Whatever you're doing those mornings, dropping your kids off at school, getting ready for the gym, enjoying a morning cup of brew. Um, you know, like I said, anything that you're doing, you will have the latest information on the Bucks straight to you. So be sure to download and subscribe to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on the Odyssey app. I'm Kaylee Meinzel. You can follow me at Kaylee Meinzel. She's Casey Hudson. You can follow her at The Sports Case. That is K-A-S-E. And again, she's going to be in Germany this weekend. So be sure to give her that follow. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.